Subscribe to YouTube TV, which is probably a bad move on my part. But um, yeah, I've, I've, they, I mean, they, they're kind of insistent about it, aren't they? But I, I've resisted up to this point. Uh, yeah. Fuck them. I also don't I'd have like not have YouTube at all. Right, right. I don't have cable either. So if I want to watch any cable programming, it goes through that. But anyway, I was wondering though. Um, like with YouTube TV, is it actually a direct broadcast? Like some of the channels are, but like for the cable stations, is it a direct broadcast for, um, uh, what's it called? Um, for, from like a cable station or is it like made up of the episodes like parsed through YouTube with YouTube's like ad algorithm? I assume it's, um, it's just uh, on-demand streaming, isn't it? I thought so, but that, lately I've been seeing a lot of um, a lot of commercials for uh, schizophrenia medication, and yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, what is this trying to tell me here? It's fucking crazy that they advertise medications for certain ailments to the general public. Yeah, you, like, and your doctor's supposed to tell you what you need. I yeah. mean, obviously, they're advertising it to them as well. That Actually, yeah, I think that is a big part of it, actually. It's probably... I, in fact, here's what I think it probably is. That the the doctors have, may have a lower sort of ethical bar against prescribing something to somebody if they ask for it by name. Right, right, right. So it's some kind of get-out-of-jail-free card for them to give you Jewish death pills? Yeah, well, he asked for it, and uh, yeah, sure, it wasn't really necessarily the best thing. I wouldn't have given it, but he asked for it specifically, and he did have the symptoms to suit it, so, you know. I suppose there's, yeah, something to say about that. Yeah, but, the, kid just wouldn't, the kid just wouldn't shut up. Yeah, but I was <laughs> worried that... was tired. His <laughs> mom couldn't see him with her fucking stories. <laughs> No, what I was wondering though is it like is it the, is the algorithm being like like we know what you need, you fucking schizo? <laughs> yeah. Nobody needs that shit. Uh, no, they probably need fucking not. locking locking up in a rubber room or a stern talking to, or throwing down the stairs at a police station or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the whole so it, go, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to change the subject, but yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, um, my cat got beat up last night. Oh. We had a whole thing. We normally re- record, we would normally have recorded, but we didn't. And yeah. part of the reason for that was I've been, like, really not getting enough sleep lately because I've been homeschooling and working and right. doing this. And I've kind of really turned around them on permanent nights. And, you know, so I've, like, if I don't go to sleep at about nine o'clock at night, I can't get to sleep. Right. 
So anyway, last night, I thought, right, I'll go to bed early. But uh, my eldest, well, my 16-year-old daughter wasn't here. The, it was just me. And the little one. The young'un. And uh, the cat was out because the cat really likes the 16-year-old daughter. Yeah. And it's it's got this newfound freedom. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just go to bed and get some shut eye. And... Well, you are all right. Let me let me stop you right there. First yeah. of all, you're not you're supposed to at least make a cursory effort of getting the cat back in the house before it's bed. A, it's a it's a cat. It can look after itself. But well, I mean, it's clearly like, not. But and judging by the story, it's fine. It's fine. I suppose. But like this is it's more about me being uh, a closet softy because if you ask me. Did I give a shit about whether the cat was out all night or not? I would say, no, cats are supposed to be outside at night. <laughs> and, <clears throat> but nonetheless, I think it's more that I'm frightened of uh, my 16-year-old daughter's disapproval or, and or disappointment than right, really right. give a fuck about the cat. But <clears throat> I, I, my, uh, I, I sleep with my bedroom windows open and uh, I was just nodding off to sleep. And I heard this. Yeah, that's what like, they sound like. Yeah, but it was more than a normal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I used to have normal. like a colony of feral cats who lived behind yeah. my house, and they would get into that shit all the time. So yeah, that just sounds like, uh, you know. So I could go to I could go to sleep no problem with with the with the cat out, but hearing what sounded like a fox murdering my cat, right? I thought, Jesus Christ. Or like a really I, sick I, person fucking a cat. Yeah, I thought I better go. I better go and find the. I thought I better go see if the cat's all right. Well, yeah, right. There's not right. a trace of fucking anything, right? And anyway, from that point on until about three o'clock in the morning, whenever I sort of started nodding off, it wasn't that it wasn't a fight. I could hear. I could hear this solitary. I couldn't find my cat, and uh, but the cat flop. I left the cat flop open for it. And like the second time I went down, it had been in the house and had some of its food and then gone out again. But anyway, this is all un- un- unrequired minutiae. The the fucking the This is you, this is like this is like Detective William. This uh, is yeah, this is my thir- yeah, this is my You're being fucking Ace Ventura. Well. You're actually trying to solve the, I the was case. A pet detective. <laughs> yeah, so the the every time I was just this fucking cat. Not my cat, this one, as it turned out. Uh-huh. I thought I thought it, it might be my cat stuck somewhere, you know, in distress because it's going. Wah. Yeah, they do uh, that when they're that. just when they're trying to be threatening too. Yeah, it was like a pl- a, a plaintive cry. It sounded like a child, and uh, everything sounds worse at that in the small hours of the morning. As True, well. and it was just the little, the sneaky little bastard. Every. Every time I was just nodding off, it somehow knew, and it went, and I thought, oh, great, there's a cat. So I said, jump out. Of, as soon as I put one foot on the floor, it shut up. Right? If I could leave it going for a few minutes, and it would keep going. I put one foot on the floor. It was silent. And I'd look out the window, nothing there. Anyway, eventually, about three o'clock, it's some fucking ginger bastard cat from next door. And uh, so... That was it. Emergency gone. And then when Charlie, the the little one, woke up this morning, mm-hmm. cat was cat just was inside. Cat was home, yeah. But its legs all swollen now. Yeah, geez. Um, I don't know. I I I would do some home cat first aid on the cat. I'm gonna take it to the vet tomorrow. Yeah, that's probably not a bad move. 
Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the real the real upshot of this story is that I've kind of outed myself as giving a fuck about the cat because I literally st- stayed up all night worrying about it when I was supposed to be catching up on my fucking sleep, and that's the frustration of that happening made it even harder to go to sleep. You know what I mean? Like when you you think I'm supposed to be getting sleep now and I'm worried about that fucking cat. Yeah. I mean, I definitely couldn't. I couldn't even go to bed if I didn't know where the cat was. I don't think, uh, you know, I've said this before, not on the show, but to you before. But it's like I don't just, I just don't let my cat outside because um, yeah, I, I, I honestly I think it's a little cruel for the reason yeah, I, you just described. It's like the, uh, it, it's. I don't know. I'm sure there must be some ridiculous fucking uh, comparison you could draw with one of. Gino Visconti's stop lines of bullshit, but uh, I won't. I won't. I don't care to bother to fight, to search my memory. Sure, sure. Uh, the it's. I would write. Oh, I, you know, it's better to live a day as a lion than. Can you hear something ringing? Is that Larry? Uh, uh I don't hear anything ringing. You may. All right. Oh, I'm gonna stick an ear out of my cans. Uh, yeah, better to live a day as a lion than a. I I understand that, but that's almost kind of the reason why I think it's cruel. Because wow. if you have, if you let your cat uh, go in, a cat that's been softened by inside life into the outside, you're getting it like used to the idea of being outside, and then they like crave it a little bit, and then they're inherently not really suited for the outside life. Because there's cats out there that only know outside life. You're omitting the fact that they're born craving the outside life and you have to break that out of them. I don't know. I've had many cats that had no interest in going outside because they were domesticated. Domesticated doesn't mean... I mean, they're born They're born in captivity, I mean. My cat was born in captivity, but like, it's... And then you it's cruelly made it go outside so it could get mauled by a stranger cat, and you'll probably take it to the vet, and they'll say, let's put it down because there's a chance it could have rabies. That's what happens, dude. Oh, we don't have rabies here. Oh, they don't have ra- rabies in the UK? No. Really? Like we don't have rats in Alberta, do they? Oh, shit. Yeah, we don't have Well, I mean, there's the occasional case, but it's treated as a massive deal when it happens and okay. everything gets killed. Okay. Like, the, when... The first time I ever heard somebody or, or became aware that keeping your cat indoors permanently was a thing, I was in. I, I was 26. I met somebody who kept the cat indoors, and I was flabbergasted. I was like, a cat is an outdoor animal. <laughs> so yeah. It's, not, it's really, I mean, lots of people do it now, and it's definitely a metropolitan thing. But it was. Well, I mean, if you live in the city, you literally can't let your cat outside because it'll get yeah, run can. over. No, it'll get run over in the city. They don't get. They don't get. Have run you even over. been they to don't... a city? Yes. You fucking bumpkin. <laughs> I've been to many the streets of cities are full of non-run over cats. Yeah, I know, it, but they're all gonna get run over. It's a t- t- it, matter it's of time. You, not at all, because cats. You're just mur- if you live in the city and you get a cat and let him outside, it's like saying bye bye, bye bye every time you let him out. There's it a might fi- get, 50% it chance. Might get stol- it might get stolen or kidnapped or something. Catnapped, get it straight. A, a dirty city, but a, a cat only gets run over if there's something wrong with it. Or well, in one of your fucking cities, one of your animal. fucking cities, one of the fucking, uh, one of the, the wogs would fucking grab him up for dinner, probably. Well, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, <laughs> meat's pretty cheap here. 
Fair enough. And there's not much meat on a cat. No, there isn't. I actually more like more likely you could probably get a Chinese person in New York City to do that here. Yeah, you're probably better off eating a rat. Yeah. Wait, but no, a cat that's always been outside and around traffic just totally understand. You know, it can it can see a fly crawling along the floor. It, it's not going to miss a car. They were. I, I've the countryside cats actually have to be a bit more skilled at road traffic because it's like the occasional car that comes real fast and uh, they i've seen i've seen them i've watched ca- how cats deal with it they i've seen cats that won't cross the road until they've seen a car coming and it's gone past i've actually so, seen that here around here there's an outdoor cat that yeah. uh could be feral actually now that i'm thinking about it but he does something like that might be english might be an english cat might be left over from the tea party yeah Oh, he did walk with a very feminine, you know, sway. So, yeah, he probably yeah. was English, yeah. Do you have a red collar? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, What's it called? Also, what are the other things I wanted to bring up? Oh, yeah. Junkies. I got to talk to you about my th- new theory on junkies. Go on. Um, it's not so much a theory on junkies, but a subset of junkies. Because, like, um, you know how, like, uh, like people, like, the contemporary literature on addiction is that it's a disease, even though there's no gene that you can isolate and blah, well, blah, let me blah. T- let me tell you why, why it's a disease. Because uh, years of uh, whittling away at that concept is the medicalization of everything so that doctors can make money out of it. If you like the the whole lobotomy thing, that eventually died right. out. But if you if you've got any problem and you go to a surgeon with it, they'll cut a bit of it a bit of you off. Right. If you've got if you've got any problem, you go to a doctor with it. They'll give you some drugs for it. Right. That's just it's like you know when when all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Fair enough. But I just meant the idea that like it's a mind virus that you can't leave that can't leave you. And that everyone in it is unique is uniquely possessed by the whatever their cho- their addiction yeah. of choice is or whatever. And uh, you know, um, but uh, I, I think that there is a certain subset, and it is in the majority, but it's a large minority of people who are drawn to the lifestyle of abusing drugs, yeah, and to a lesser. Cool. Uh, well, no, I'll, I'll get to my, my main thesis to a lesser degree, alcohol, but mainly like specifically opioid drugs are almost, um, their, their personality type is such that they would, would find any excuse that is socially acceptable to victimize others and to, um, to, uh, you know, to some sort of get some sort of sadistic, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, gratification out of out of harming others, and uh, yeah, and that and that uh, and that they kind of use like because you know the idea like someone who's like who's in the throes of addiction or whatever they do something irrational and it's like it wasn't them it was the the drugs or you know what I mean he was drunk or whatever like and it's just no. a shield for someone who's like truly a victimizer to be able to have some sort of you know, like redeem redemption arc. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, <sighs> we're talking in generalities here. Of course, uh, I always speak the, in generalities. People, I mean, there are people <laughs> who are more. There's, I, I'm sure there are people who are more uh, inclined to become addicted to things than others. 
Right. Uh, and if you want to, and that's probably enough for them to call it a disease nowadays. But, yeah, doesn't uh, take much. As for it being an excuse, my dad was very fond of saying uh, in vino veritas. Yes, uh, I'm uh, familiar with it. In wine yeah. is lies truth. Yes, which basically I translate as being if you act like an arsehole when you're drunk, it's not because you're drunk, it's because you're an arsehole. You're just too chicken shit to show it the rest of the time. There's definitely something to that uh, aspect too. Yeah. And, um, and the, the, as to the, I mean, I've lived with addicts and the, the whole, there's another thing they use as an excuse is, well, I can't stop drinking. Otherwise I might get, I might die from stopping, but that's just another excuse. I'll, right. I'll, I'll go to I mean, there's there's some, some medical truth to it, to but like it. it's very easily manageable. There's truth for to even all at of it. home. Yeah. Yeah. There's truth to all of it, but it's all just latched onto. I mean, you. I mean, I I can I can see it. You know, I've I've done things where you get the crave, you get a very strong craving to do more, and you 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 you, you your brain thinks up excuses why it's why it's a good idea. Sure. Why it, why it doesn't really matter. But you got you know, there's people who can recognize that for the bullshit that it is. Even some of us never drank. Every even people who've never dropped drank a drop of alcohol or taken a any kind of drugs know what that feeling is. It's yeah. like the idea of being like one more handful of potato chips. Even yeah, everybody and, and experiences so, that on some level. And let's, I mean, whether the however much truth there is in it being a disease and all these other sort of things, do you it, it, in reality? Can we realistically say that the entire media, medical establishment, and everything saying it's not their fault, they can't help it, they're powerless to resist, helps or hinders those people from actually resisting that thing? I mean, um, a, there's there's I, two schools of thought, but go ahead. Well, as it, I've suffered from depression, and and there's a whole there's like a, a part of the new religion is to say uh, you can't, you know, it's a disease. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, maybe it is. It depends how you do, the definition of disease is very loose. It's a disease, and you have to be medicated out of it, and blah blah blah. Right. And you know, there's truth. There's some truth to that, but I don't I mean, think much. Might, I'm, I'm gonna no, be perfectly I frank. I, I let let me just get our real our opinions out there. Yeah, I don't think so. It's it, it's. I mean, I think there's something to it. I mean, I've been medicated for depression, and they say take this. Uh, it was some kind of SSR. What is it? SSRIs. SSRIs yes, yes. Serotonin yeah. something reuptake inhibitors. Yeah, and uh, that I took it for a week. They said take a half of one of these a day. I come back in two weeks. I took it for a week, and at the end of a week. I felt great, and then after another week, I was kind of getting different, like the same thing but different as what I had before. But it's the same thing, but with added cold sweats at night and all that shit. Right. I went back to the doctor and said, "Oh, you need to double your dose." And at that moment, I went, "Well, I've done enough drugs to know that yeah. doubling your dose is not the way to cure a problem." Right. So I just, right. But that that sort of two weeks of respite enabled me to do what you're absolutely not supposed to tell people with depression to do, which is to fucking straighten myself out and pull my right. socks off and get over it, which I did. And uh, I'm all right now. I, 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 well, I, <clears throat> I still kept getting the prescription for a while. 
Right. Because I because I was uh, on tax credits, which meant I got free prescriptions, so I just got the prescription and sold it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you know that there's some really needy, uh, needy, yeah. depressed people out there who need to get it under the table. Yeah, but after a couple of months of that, I couldn't be bothered renewing this prescription. Cause I was like, right. This, I mean, I think they prescribe them wrong, and it's all it's all to do with it. these SSRIs are pretty good, but they should just say, because I mean, I did it for a little while. When I sort of, I didn't just stop taking them all together. I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll carry them around with me, and if I'm having a bad day, I'll take one. That's not really and, how they work, just so you know. But it, well, maybe it's a placebo. It's, it is a placebo effect, and placebo is very powerful, by the way. It is, yeah. It's a real thing, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean. The whole thing so, might anyway, be contribute attributed to a placebo, though. Yeah, I mean, but in in short, uh, I, I think there's something to all this medicalization of sadness stuff. Sure. Well, well I was just going to bring it, up but, the Kaczynski quote because we actually didn't talk about it in the episode. All right. Yeah. Go on. Um, yeah, it's um, uh, imagine a society that subjects people to conditions that make them terribly unhappy, then gives them drugs that take away their unhappiness. Uh, science fiction, it's already happening to some extent at our own society. It is well known that the rate of clinical depression is greatly decreasing in recent decades. We believe that this is due to the disruption of the power process. And we talked about that during the show. I can get through this. But even if we are wrong, the increasing rate of depression is certainly a result of some conditions that exist in today's society. Instead of removing removing the conditions that make people depressed, modern society gives them antidepressant drugs. In effect, antidepressants are a means of modifying an individual's internal state in such a way as to enable him to tolerate social conditions that he would otherwise find intolerable. Yeah. Big emphasis on that last sentence there. Yeah. Although... The social, the social conditions are. That could be your own yeah. money state, or you know, your your yeah, wife but, left I mean, you. Bit, that all falls under social conditions. Everybody that came before us dealt with worse social conditions, uh, worse real conditions. The social right. condition is is the result of the social conditioning. Uh, that we've been yeah, to. and also the industrial society, the fact that we we have the division of labor split up so, so as such that we all have such atomized positions and never have to experience true adversity. Like, the, that's literally the whole point of the manifesto. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe that it, it's too comfortable. Right, And that's yes. what makes people sad, yeah. I guess so. So uh, maybe the UBI is just a, a scam by the... Uh, SSRI, big SSRI. Oh God, yeah! Just think about all the people who are put, uh, co-signing that bill. Um, yeah, man, it's all fucked. It's all fucked. Uh, what's it called? Uh, what was I just talking about with my wife the other uh, earlier? Um, oh fuck, that was. Oh right, this is something I really wanted. This is perfect opportunity to talk about this. So. Um, Fuck. Uh, what got me thinking about this? Oh, oh, oh. I saw a commercial uh, Same right after seeing the schizophrenia commercials, by the way. Yeah. For a new Discovery Channel called um, Alaskan Bush People. And, yeah. um, and I just immediately just looking at the commercial, I was like, hey, bougies, come look at poor people for half an hour. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, that's yeah, literally yeah. a fucking little safari that some fucking cunt who's on antidepressants by the way 
um, <laughs> gets to explore what it's like to be a poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and that just got me thinking about the larger, the larger, because it's one of those shows like, um, like uh, the first, the first ever one. That's the thing. Like the first ever one of this of this type was Deadliest Catch, and they had some like legitimate. In my opinion, and it's been a long time was, since I watched that show. It was a great uh, show. Yeah, and it, you kind of got a real look at like what a blue collar being on the fish boat life was like. Yeah, it was great. And it had like genuine drama in it. And there was obviously some construction, and you know. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, it's like it just. At the same time, it's like you still got a kind of look at like a real existence. But then these shows just kind of spun out of control. I, th I think this the smoking in that show was kind of a real illustrate illustrative subtext to the condition of those men. Right. That they didn't have fucking they didn't have the perspective to worry about the health effects of smoking. They were right. worried about and they shouldn't, not by dying the way. tonight. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I remember uh, in the, the there's an episode of South Park where Rob Reiner uh, is a big fat guy shoving food in his mouth all the time. This is just a, to go off of your smoking <laughs> thing. We'll get back to the other thing I wanted to talk about that later. But um, This Rob Reiner's whole thing for in the 90s was like, you shouldn't smoke. Um, and, uh, and there's a scene in it where they show like a guy getting out of like a fucking, like, uh, an 18 wheeler truck and he goes, Oh, my shift's over. Can't wait to enjoy this tobacco. And he lights a cigarette <laughs> and then Rob Reiner comes up into him and says, you're disgusting. shoving food in his mouth saying, you're, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're disgusting. That's <laughs> so funny. Like you, that's unhealthy. You shouldn't be doing that. Um, PJ O'Rourke wrote a thing about how that he was like exp explaining why people like Sting are environmentalists, and it's, yeah. it's, it's too you know it's a similar thing to that where it's like you you start off you know a normal person and you get more and more money, and once you've got so much money and so much more money coming in all the time, the only thing you can yeah you got you got several houses and a yacht yeah there's and, a there's a limit uh, for cool yeah. shit you can buy. And the next thing you start worrying, the, the, so the next, the only thing you got to think about is losing all that shit, and so you you, you start investing in security. First, you you put a big chain link fence around all your houses. You employ right. guys with guns to patrol around the outside of the houses, and you, and you think, hang on a minute, these fucking plebs are, are ruining the the what, what if the whole what, something goes wrong with the whole world? Then no amount right, of fences right. and pe men with guns can save me. I've got to make sure all these paws don't fuck it up for me. Right, I've earned this. <laughs> That's true. With That's this good. fucking this cunt's fucking station wagon doesn't get good enough gas mileage. I might lose my helicopter over this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck. That's true. Um but anyway, going back to that point I was making about those TV shows. Uh but that show that that format got like out of control. There was everything. There was like first there yeah. was like first there was shows like like um there was a couple like pretty veritable ones. Like I mean, think it was that ice road truckers, and that was like somewhat that started dangerous. Off pretty good, yes. And the 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 gold mining one with the with the really Jewish looking kid that yep. was that was good to start with as well. But they all go off the rails. Even Deadliest Catch did, didn't it? 
Right. Uh, but dude, I, I just want to, I don't, I don't want to dox the guy. I don't even know his name actually, but don't look into this anybody. Um, but, uh, my dad is like friends, friendly friends with a guy who owns a tree, a tree service. Like, uh, like, you know how, like, like if you have a branch that's hanging over your house, that's threatening your yeah, house, a tree surgeon, a tree service. Yeah. And they made a fucking TV show out of a tree service. Yeah, I can uh, see that. And uh, my and I I remember my dad talked to the guy and he said that uh, he basically felt like he had to be like he had to become like a, like a fucking Oscar winning actor with all of the fake ass shit they had him do. <laughs> and I was yeah. just thinking, yeah, I was just thinking, yeah. like, what could it possibly even fucking be? It's like, oh no, we over pruned that tree. It's gonna look uneven. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I I actually did. The, I, I've got a friend. Uh, well, yeah, like a casual acquaintance, but you know, I'm very friendly. I like him, uh, who is a tree surgeon, and uh, right. I had to, I had to do a in a former life. I had to do a. Uh, excuse me. I had to do a. I had to submit some like uh, planning applications, zoning applications with comfort, right. converting a domestic building into commercial, and we wanted to do some works on it and change the what had been the garden into a yard and all that. And there was like, it had been just abandoned for decades and there was all sorts of trees growing all over it. And one of the great laws we have in England, one of the great, really, really enforceable laws we have in England is that every tree has a tree protection order on it, which means you have to oh. get permission from the government to do anything to any tree. That's just That's a tree what... tax. That's just a construction tax. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it, uh, yeah, under the guise of environmentalism. But the the um, so I yeah I got myself familiar with the rules and it's like you've got to before when you put in your application for planning you have to do a like a map of the of the site and mark where all the trees are on it. So yeah. uh, what happened was I thought well I'll do that in the morning, and uh, in the night before the morning. Somebody came and stole all the fucking trees. <laughs> <laughs> like they were there yesterday. So and it's totally unrelated to the fact that I know a guy who's a tree surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I guess he uh I guess if there was a tree surgeon involved in that op in yeah. that gay op that uh, occurred uh, unbeknownst to you, um I don't think much surgery was done. No, no, it was uh, euthanasia. But the, yeah. the uh... he's he's the tree Kevorkian, <laughs> Trevorkian. But the, the, the Arborkian, Arborkian. What, what makes it such a ridiculous rule is that they don't. You have to tell them where the tree. They don't know where all the trees. are. They couldn't possibly know where. Oh sure, tree yeah, is. yeah, yeah. So you just tell them you haven't got any trees, and but yeah, I might have left a few, but for that rule, right? I thought, oh, we'll keep that one. But it's like, before you even start, well, you've got to get rid of them all. Otherwise, they're going to f fuck you around about it. Yeah. You're going to say, no, you can't build that or whatever. It's, every Everything they do has the opposite effect of what its alleged intent is. Right. Well, it's the whole old story about in, in India, the British imperial government, there was like a big cobra problem and the British imperial government put a bounty out on cobras and then people just started fucking breeding cobras to bring yeah. to the government until they can get a fucking bounty. Yeah, yeah. Carol Shelby moved there. 
car joke. Yeah, I don't know. Tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah. It did. I was wondering. I thought you were saying, wow, she's so hot. <laughs> Carol Shelby is a guy. A yeah. Heavy smoker who was famous for modifying uh, Fords for uh, motorsport. Okay. He was very oh, famous. Shelby. I'm familiar he with the Shelby. Shelby. The Shelby Cobra. Mustang. Yeah, the Shelby Mustang, but the very famous was the Shelby Cobra, which wasn't. Yeah, I, I think I've seen one in, in yeah. at like a car show or something. I'm yeah. not a big uh, gearhead, to be honest. No, I uh, no. never really liked. Uh, I don't mind driving, but I don't. I never like took pleasure in it really. Ge- gearheads do not keep their cats indoors. No, I probably not. <laughs> I doubt they. No, their cats are in between gears. Yeah, the hairy ass <laughs> men let, let their cats run free. Yeah. Um, anyway, Speaking though, I was which, just going to say that. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Did you have something pressing? Because I was just going to say, though, how fucking crazy is that? They got a they got a real tree service guy to make content by acting like an act. He felt he was being an actor. Yeah. On a TV yeah. show about being I mean, that, a tree that service. Is, that is what makes those shows suck. Yeah. Oh, how is Baudrillard it, is that, by the way? It's it's a simulation inside of a simulation. Yeah, it, it's uh, if if they would just follow the guy around and film shit, drama would happen. But they, it's scripted, isn't it? And and they might as well just get a stunt. You know, they might as well just have an actor do the. Yeah, the, yeah, that's what I'm saying exactly. But they yeah. decided it for the sake of the simulation, got a real guy. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. it appears more authentic to the untrained plebe consumer. So I, I have a movie topic. Sure. What movie? Beethoven. Uh, the dog movie? Yeah. Uh, I've seen it. Uh, I do not recall it at all. I think I watched it many, many times as a kid because it's one of those movies you show your kids. Yeah, well, I, I can summarize it because I watched it. Probably shortly after it came out, probably on... Didn't the guy who directed Ferris Bueller direct that movie? I don't know. It could have yeah. been. Yeah, I think it's John Hughes, yeah. No, it wasn't John Hughes, no. Okay. I don't think so. Anyway, regardless, the the point of it was, I, I saw it a long time ago, maybe when shortly after it came out, which I, I'm guessing... I think you, prob- it, you and I might have watched it simultaneously then. When did it come out? It must have been in the 80s, I guess. Uh, yeah, probably like... I, I was going to say like 89, maybe 90. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So, I mean, when I, I was a bit too old for it when it came out. I would say. Just like, having just lived through the 80s when they made one good mainstream movie, which was Ghostbusters, and every yeah. other movie in the 80s was shit. <laughs> More or less. Back from the blue, the Blues Brothers was good, uh, but it was just. I mean, I can think of some good movies from the eighties. Yeah, but, but I mean, they're I very don't... rare. They're very rare. The the the, the, the I, I'd gone through, the, and I'm talking mainstream movies that I would have seen. Yeah, like a, a big Hollywood yeah. studio. Yeah. Yeah. So well, although well, some of those were still good. Yeah. Whatever. Go ahead. I wasn't into it, and uh, I saw. I saw Beethoven and I thought, well, this is just another movie that stinks. However, I've just watched it today with my yeah. daughters and it really struck me because uh, we've watched lots of movies with the little one who's just about to be six. Mm-hmm. We've watched loads of movies with her. And she laughed at this like 
an uh, audience member at a Bernie Mac show. Like she was she I saying mean, the N word? <laughs> she, she stood up, ran round and round in circles. Pulled she looked like down. she looked like she'd seen a ghost on Martin Luther King Boulevard. Listen, I'm not kidding you. At one, there's a the there's a point in it where the hus- the crotchety husband gets in bed. He locks the dog in a cage outside, and he gets in. He gets in bed, but the dog's escaped and already got into the bed. And the the wife has got out of the bed. It's classic uh, pedophile uh, Eugene Levy misunderstanding. <laughs> oh scene, yeah. Right? Whoa! I fucked the dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's literally what it comes to. So yeah, he yeah, he, yeah. He thinks he's the it's the wife that's licking his the back of his neck. But it's not. It's the dog who's escaped, <laughs> and, and the wife comes in, and then he gets that. Oh, right? <laughs> my little one jumped up off the off the sofa, ran to the television, ran back again, jumped back on the on the sofa, stood on her head all the time, laughing as loud as I've ever heard her laugh. Now I've never seen anything have that effect on her. The only thing that had an almost that effect on her was the scene about 20 minutes before that where the dog's lead gets trapped around a table and chair set and drags two bad guys <laughs> off down the road. Oh, yeah, that's the classic. That's the trailer yeah. scene, baby. <laughs> so my point is this. I think there's two oh. two elements at stake play here. Yeah. One, dog. Kids love animals. Yeah. That's a fact. Um, and then number We've seen two. seen loads of animal movies with them. Sure, sure. But I think another thing was a well-executed misunderstanding. <laughs> Uh-oh! <laughs> but the, 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 this is my point. Is that as, and I still don't... I wouldn't have enjoyed it had it not been for the child enjoying it so much. It, right, it, right. It was actually a delight, and that is what it was designed to do. So I've had to... I mean, I was prejudiced against it from the very beginning but i have to give it this that wait did you do that fucking corny thing where you're like at the beginning of a movie you walked into not wanting to like and you laugh at it you're like i didn't like it i was just kind of (laughs) it just kind of took me by surprise i I, I always when i like a movie that i don't want to like i always extra like it yeah Uh, but the the this the whole point is what that movie did to my daughter is exactly what it was designed to do. So you can't, I would have said it was a lazily written bag of shit, but it achieves its aim (laughs) better than any other movie that she's watched. And she recently watched Johnny Depp's Charlie and Chocolate Factory, which although it's a good children's movie, it's not funny. It's not funny. No, it's, that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Have you shown her the original? I prefer the Johnny Depp one, to be honest. Oh, you should. I'm ca- canceling this call. <laughs> that movie is a fucking train wreck. That's the, one of the fucking worst movies ever made. Yeah, I didn't like the old one. What was your problem with it? Well, I was young when it came out. and Were you it, raped while you were watching that... it for the first time? No, but I think I felt as though I might be. And It's the same as like, I don't like Queen because... I was frightened of Freddie Mercury from the whole um, I Want to Break Free video. Yeah, now, that is pretty horrifying. It's, but it's not, no, it's not that I was prejudiced against transvestism. Trannies. 
with even by mustachioed men because that's a great English military tradition. It's it's normal, you know. Right, my, right, yeah. I, I grew doing up the with, Cinderella play and shit, yeah. Yeah, transvestism is a, is a has always been. Well, dude, it's Shakespeare. Shakespeare of, was was all about yeah. it too. I mean, my my uncle John, who was the who was six foot two, which was very small for somebody who was very tall for somebody who was born in the nineteen forties. Six foot two with long black curly hair, and uh, constantly had a cigarette in the corner of his mouth and hands that looked like Andrew Kemp's feet. Uh, were he, he used to dress? He, my mum would put plays on in the amateur dramatics, and she'd always get him to dress up as a as Tinkerbell or a fucking ballerina or something. It's just what what we do. We love we love dressing. Further proving the stereotype that you're all faggots. Yeah, yeah, it's a fag country. But yeah. so it wasn't just that. It was it's something about. I mean, he was so loose in that video, wasn't he? It's for a young, yeah, you know, like when you're a young kid, you don't like seeing people kiss and cuddle on the television, do you? In no, a sexy not really. Way. It's gross. Uh, I still don't like it. Uh, but like, uh, you have like a powerful visceral reaction against it when you're a little kid, don't you? You see like two people getting it on in a movie you're like oh god you don't know what to do with yourself do you? yeah. it's horrible yeah I, I, ma- I, on my old podcast woman Ugh. yeah especially yeah no I, I i on my old podcast you're you're well aware that i uh, frequently would would say that i disliked all the nudity in movies like yeah i think it's like a cheap gimmick a lot of times you know what i mean it is like i've tell but it's not to say that uh, one of the few sort of things, you know, that scene in True Romance with where Christian Slater and Rosanna, uh, Patricia Arquette, isn't it, are in the yeah, phone no, it's box, Patricia fucking in the phone box. That's that's good because it's kind of funny and she's not naked and it is it's it it really does speak to what's going on in the movies i think that's that's a good scene for example so it can be good but generally when it's like oh yeah it's gonna be tasteful yeah i mean that was raw wasn't it and and, but anyway i wouldn't have liked that when i was a kid either and i didn't like freddie mercury sort of stroking the handle of a vacuum cleaner as as if he's just so but what you just still didn't you still didn't explain to me what the problem was with with willy wonka and the chocolate factory well, it was the same thing that like, I got that same. There's nothing sec- even vaguely sexual in that movie. No, but it's like um, something completely alien in Gene Wilder. Maybe it's a it's it, it was fi- uh, it's a because it's a German movie. Is it a German movie? It's uh, filmed almost entirely in Germany. Yeah. Is it? That's probably why. Yeah, you know, everything looks very gothic. I will say that. You know the way they light German pornography and the, and the way it looks. I don't. I'm not f- very familiar with German pornography. No, but you must. You, you must have seen the sort of the, just the way it looks. It's my eyes were open. I mean, nobody actually watches it. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, the the way it looks is it's something to it, it's something to do with the way Germans like things to look, because um, I've seen. Various relatives of mine have watched German soap operas, and they look exactly the same. They've got the same light in, the same sort of color schemes. It's just like, and and yeah, you're right. It pro- uh, that probably is. It's very Teutonic. Are you trying to say? It's Teutonic. They're like Scar. Yeah. <laughs> they get too much too young. Oh <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> or a two-tonic like uh, Oreo Connor. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Um, fuck, dude. Uh, oh, so one other thing I wanted to talk about. Did you see the pictures from the Wuhan pool party? Uh, I've, I've sort of I've seen them out of the corner of my eye, so to speak. I, I don't care. What you don't care? You don't you don't feel feel robbed that your country is in some ways less free than China? My country's always been in some ways less free than China. I know, but in one very specific way. <sighs> Not really. I don't. I, I. I don't. It wouldn't make me feel better if they were in a worse position. It's like no, but like why not? It's talk. like what the fuck? They're they're supposed to be fucking. I, by all accounts, they're in a totalitarian regime, and they're having the fucking time of their lives over there. I just want my life back. This is what I've been saying for years: is the Chinese government is more accountable to its people than any Western government is because they fear their people. Yeah, that's you why think? they t- go to such pains. To come to, yeah, they they know what happens. How they know how regimes get changed there. I guess they do, and they got the numbers for sure. Yeah. They yeah. could burn a few a few bill. <laughs> yeah. So, like, they are the, the the Chinese government is more accountable than than Western governments are. I mean, it, it's it's both wildly unaccountable in the little in the small yeah. picture day to day life, but it's but so is our. I mean. I haven't heard anyone say we live in a free country for a while, and that's cheered me. Yeah, I haven't heard that one in a while. Because we clearly do not. And I've, I I said that right from the start. Yeah, and we, the, the fact that they could do this shows that we never have lived in a free country because they, they proved they could do it by the fact that they did it. Yeah. So they could have done it at any time. And I just told my daughter today, you know, in this country... Uh, they could parliament could pass a law tomorrow saying that the oldest child in every family had to be had to be killed and it would be legal there'd be no like this is unconstitutional or anything like that about it they can pass whatever fucking laws they want so we we are mere serfs and we well, have what, our, what, 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 what what there's something to be a, said though you're you, maybe you're coming coming to it from a from the you know from a monarchistic perspective but like i my country is not supposed to be like that no i know but that's what i was that's why i was talking to my daughter about is it the important thing it's more important what's happening in america and the 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 totalitarianism there is much more important than it is here because we've always had it it's just hasn't been very heavy-handed by tradition right but we've always had it it's on the books we they can do whatever they want to us and there's nothing we can do about it you and it in practice it's exactly the same there or even worse but at least on paper it's not supposed to be like that so and it's very important and I, did you see that i saw a video today of a, what looked like a pretty big march in uh, new york city where there was a guy with a bullhorn that mm-hmm. they were marching down a, a street somewhere there's a guy with a bullhorn and he was just going de blasio and then the couple of thousand people or whatever it was in the in the who were marching in a column <laughs> yeah they, they weren't yeah they were just wearing ordinary clothes and shit you know they weren't like a group they yeah like, but it was a column like the yeah, romans yeah they were walking uh, they were marching down the street uh, so the guy was going de blasio and the whole crowd was going fuck you <laughs> which i think and that actually gave me it made the hairs on the back of my head stand stand up and i'm thinking 
finally because i was expecting new york to do that in march and they're just getting around to right. it now so i'm really i'm really fucking pleased to see that uh, the thing is with liberals and like in the and i think this is actually uh, i'm actually going to strike kind of a leftist argument here yeah, but liberals ahead. as the left sees them are endlessly willing to appear or like like they're willing for reform yeah. and like like I mean, that's something we kind of have in common with the the far the far leftists is like like there's a certain point where we're not going to be happy with reform mm. and the, i think the, a lot of the people you see in in new york are going to be very happy as soon as a different liberal uh fucking mayor gets in office and things start going back to normal they can get their fucking they can get their fucking you know their fucking uh, avocado toast and shit I, th- I heard some lefties talking about police reform saying, well, fuck reform because reform only strengthens the existing structures. Uh, very good point. That's true. I mean, they're right about a lot of things. Yeah. And that, that's the thing with like, like, uh, yeah, like these leftists, like, I'm sorry, these these liberals in, in the city there, they're like, they don't give a, f- they don't really give a, f- they don't have a problem with Bill de Blasio's politics. They love his politics. He talks about Black Lives Matter all the time. He talks about fucking gay rights and all that shit. He love they love that. They just think he's a bonehead. We need to get the right guy in. Yeah, yeah. I guess you so. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it seems like, I believe he was a protege of uh, Mayor Dinkins, so I mean, yeah. ho- hopefully, uh, the next one they'll get will be Curtis Sliwa or someone who'll be the next blue. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Who knows, man? Yeah, um, because I mean, it's talked about as a one uh, as a one party city, isn't it? But I mean. Mayor-wise, it's not. Oh no, that's the same thing with Boston. I think we have, we currently have a Democrat. I'm sorry, a Republican mayor of Boston and and a mayor of a Republican governor of Massachusetts right now. Mm -hmm. But they're both rhinos, and it's just like you know what it is. It's it's literally the same. It's literally them, literally them going like, "Hey, conservatives, who are you going to vote for? Someone who's actually conservative or someone who has an R next to his name?" Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the 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 fucking boomers that are that are, you know, f- who are, you know, gun owners and fucking, you know, cop lovers in my state just go, "Fuck it, I'm voting Republican, whatever." Standing athwart history yelling stop. What a dumb yeah. fucking slogan. <laughs> yeah. I did, would, yeah, didn't Buckley actually yelling, say that? Standing athwart history. Yeah, I think it is Buckley, yeah. The, fucking asshole. Fuck him. You should be standing across <laughs> I thought history yelling "fuck you." That's what, <laughs> I love that chant they did. What a great chant! Yeah, that's true. Hey, it it's, it it's nice to see that at least somebody's paying attention a little bit. That like, I don't know, they're not though. That's the thing. Is I'm I'm being giving them. We're we're giving them too much credit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you've got to. You, I mean, I when this whole lockdown started happening in Europe. I was just amused by it. Oh, by, by the way, I tweeted out today, the, the only funny joke about uh, the coronavirus was uh, very early on, and it came from the great, probably the greatest living comedian, or the greatest living white comedian anyway, Norm MacDonald. Uh, what did he have to say about it? <laughs> he said, hey, remember when it was just in China and it was funny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Ah, fuck. Uh, but yeah, now speaking of rhinos, though, our uh, our Republican governor just uh, just made a new mandate so that you can't have more than ten people in your own home, or you face fines. And um, if you have um, have that many, if you have people inside your home, they have to wear masks inside your home. Fuck off. And again, they like that's enforced, supposedly enforced. I don't, I can't see it being enforceable at all. But they did, they did I can't even some... see a cop writing a ticket. The cops here are cops, but they're not that big of cops. The, I, over here, they brought some sh- shit rules like that in um, about what you can and can't do in your own home. But they explicitly said, "But the police can't enter your home." So. Well, there you go. What's the point? It's like the trees rule, isn't it? So why they're just well, having no, the, I'll having tell you why. Because the they're rats, rats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's awful. And that's it. Yeah, someone could have ratted, ratted me out for chopping the trees down if I'd done it. But luckily, I, that it never came to that because they were stolen by gypsies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They built a nice uh, gypsy hovel I mean, out it, of it. If you just start off by lying to the police as soon as they ask you a question, or you don't cooperate with them, you, you're all right in most cases. It's it's the the people who enable this by their acquiescence and their cooperation with these unreasonable laws that right. get fucked over by it because they say, "Oh well, you know, you, know, you can cut me a break. I'm only doing, it. but I admit to doing it." You're like, fuck off. Yeah. Okay. Here's your fine. Fuck you. <clears throat> That's how it works. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the word uh, in April, I think, uh, my stepdad told me that. I mean, they live even more in an even more remote countryside mm-hmm. area than than I do. And he was saying that they had police in their village stopping cars and asking the drivers the purpose of their journey. Oh, boy. Oy vey. But unironically. So I had, to, I, I had to stop going to see that I don't think that lasted very long because I never heard any more reports of that. But like, Sure. If, if they'd have stopped me, I'd just say, well, you're going to have to arrest me because I'm not telling you. Yeah. <laughs> None of your fucking there's, no, there's nothing you could invoke there where it's like you can't You could say I'm that. going shopping. I'm going yeah, shopping I guess you could just lie. That's true, yeah. yeah. But... Uh, no, if it's a, if it's the law, it's the law. There's nothing you can do about it. Huh. And, and uh, but I, I, this is why I said in the earlier episode how frustrated I was because you know in that situation I would want to just say, well, fucking slap the cups off me and then copper. It's a fair cop. You got me. Yeah. I'm not telling you what I'm doing. It's none of your fucking business. Yeah, it's getting to the point now where it's like, and this is the black pill in me, and maybe you can talk me out of it, but it's like I almost want to just see i almost want to just like i'm almost wishing that biden wins just so just because i want to shove i want everything to go back to normal after that happens that that's my god's honest truth i think that'll happen and then possibly every like your country might follow suit and and well i saw uh somebody uh on twitter posing the question oh well you know if it it can't be about the election because it's happening all over the world. There are other countries outside America, you know. Yeah, but, but who owns the the parent companies of all the media outlets that are all over it, the world? It, this is my point. It's a global empire, 
and right. president of the United States happens to be a very important part of the window dressing of that empire. Right. So right. All, all these, you know, everybody's uh, the the sort of shadow governments of all these countries have a stake in, or they believe they have a stake in what what happens. So, I mean, I, I don't subscribe to the view that it's about the US election, but I think it's being made worse in America because of that. I absolutely do. And I would love for, like, I know it's going to be a whole debacle and a struggle for power, and hopefully nobody dies over it. I'm honestly at that point where I'm considering the possibility that somebody might end up dying over this election. Um yeah. Be it, you know, some sort of I don't even want to put the words into into the universe. Um, but uh, but that would be what a fu- I would love to be like, I fucking told you this was all political. If that happens, I almost want it just j- want it to happen just in case that happens. Yeah, they won't acknowledge it, though. It'll just be, oh, no, it got better because uh, we started listening to the scientists. Well, that that's a crazy fucking thing. Like, I listen to science. I love that no, expression. No, not listen I, to science. Listen to the scientists. Because yeah. so, the scientific process is now replaced with the opinion of scientists who are obviously cherry, you know, selectively chosen right. for Right. For you can buy it. You can buy a scientist just as easily as you can buy a politician. Yeah. Uh, and well, you don't even have to because some of them want to. Some of them are on board anyway. Oh, and, that's true. There's the, the ideology. On, yeah. They're the only ones that get any press. So, um, but regardless of that, let's, I mean, it's such an absurd, anyway, like, oh yeah, don't you believe in science? Yeah, actually, yes, I do. But I don't believe yeah, in scientists. I know a bit, I probably know a bit more about it than you do. <laughs> it's just a process of trying to disprove your theory. Yeah, and yeah. And we're dealing with people who are trying to prove their theory. They're the opposite of scientists. And, and you know, you come up with you, you come up with a fucking hypothesis and try and and try and disprove it. And if you can't, then it's not disproven. It, it doesn't actually prove anything, does it? it? You know, it's not the you're always you're supposed to be always looking for contradictory evidence to to strengthen, you know, to discount it. It's like you know when the police interview somebody, they're supposed to be trying to rule them out of the inquiry, and then the left right. the person who did it. Of course, that's yeah. not how that works either, is it? <laughs> no, right. no, can, it is not. We can it stick is it not, on this no. guy, and that's exactly what's happening. In fact, I would just like come around to that. So basically, it's. Uh, the, anyway, go, back to my original point about yeah, about ahead, the opinion ahead. of scientists. This has been going on for decades now. That oh well, the, the, there's a consensus among scientists that this and that's not science. Consensus is yeah. not science. It's the antithesis of science. So, and my the thing. I must have thought of this 20 years ago. If, you, if you're going to say that something's proven by science because most scientists believe it, then let's say it's credible. I don't know if it's true. I'm not accountable to look it up, but it's, cred- it's possible. It's quite possible that the majority of scientists in the world might be Roman Catholics. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of them in South America and Europe. Whoa, whoa, cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> it's quite possible that the majority of the world's scientists are in fact Roman Catholic or at least a plurality of them. It's possible. I'm not saying it is true, but it's possible. Mm -hmm. If that were true, would that prove the concept of original sin? Does that mean that babies are born evil because most scientists are Catholics? 
Clearly, it uh, I yeah, no, obviously not. Outside. And I think uh, many of the fucking effet people who are screaming, "Don't you want? Don't you listen to scientists?" Probably would object to that premise. Yeah, well, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying that. No, that's I know true, that's my yeah. my point. But they would they would balk at your they would they would be doing have to do some serious mental gymnastics to even peter this uh, idea into their own heads <laughs> because of the fact that there's no. I mean, like let's let's get real. I I know it's it's a it's it it is in itself a uh, fallacy to say it's a fallacy, but it is an appeal to authority fallacy yep. to say like, but they said. But they said this, and they're smart, and you're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. But appeal to authority is, I mean, I was taught that. Uh, uh, I, I was taught critical thinking. I don't think, yeah. do they still do that? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I've kind of always intuitively done it. I wasn't yeah. taught it. But I was, yeah, I was taught the words for it. Uh, uh, and, like, appeal to authority is... One of the lamest fallacies, really, isn't it? Oh, really? I know. But yeah. again, fallacy, fallacy. Just because it's a fallacy doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> yeah, uh, hang on a minute. Let me look up the definition of fallacy. <laughs> hey, your fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> you suck fallacies. <laughs> oh fuck. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I uh, know it's 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 a sad state of affairs. It's a very sad state of affairs, to say the least. Do you want to talk about? We're at an hour now. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to talk about the Rhodes pill, or do you want to save the Rhodes pill? Well, um, let, let's cover it because there's always more to come back to on it. True. Like, true. Yeah, Cecil Rhodes. The, the, the last episode. This is the thing was, we talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go. You you start. You start. The last episode we did was the the Boer War. Boer. Boer. And, uh, like between uh, what Larry Bayer said on our uh, Enola Gay episode that he was on, right, and uh, the uh, the research uh, we did the for the last week's we did episode on, on the Boer War, it's like, it, and the the fact that the seat. I mean, I don't think it's really got a name. Cecil Rhodes set up a secret society. and I, was, I think it came to become known as the Round Table. Yeah. And, and it was, it, it's all documented in Cecil Rhodes' own writings right. Right, right up to his death. And the, the, basically, the members of this secret society were, were in charge of the, first, the, the prosecution of the First World War. Uh, right. Uh, the the creation the, of Israel the creation of Israel and uh, basically the the new world it literally called it the new world order didn't he, he yeah at age 20 he decided he was going to create a new world order and like the the superficial historical reading was it of it was that uh, it never happened and right. yet that's cute <laughs> and yeah because he explicitly in his writings he explicitly was advocating that the new world order be the British Empire, and he'd right. be in charge of it, or some extent ex extension of it. Yeah, but like something. So, and it, I have the exact verbiage here if you want me to read it. Yeah, go for it. But it, the, um, fire away. You know what were you gonna say? I was gonna say it just it flipped a switch in my head when Larry said that uh, the the American Empire is is really the British Empire. And that, that's the key. 
just that concept that was the unlock this to me see that Cecil Rose did in fact succeed in his aims and they just had to rebrand it it couldn't be called the British Empire anymore because British well that's the thing sovereign debt I liken it to you know you're everyone who's listening to this I'm sure is familiar with the concept of red pill of the red pill that's why I started calling it the Rhodes pill yeah yeah because once you take the Rhodes pill you can't not see Cecil Rhodes (laughs) yeah <laughs> and and uh, a- another thing, it's it's like I also like to call it the RQ, the Rhodes question. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the other thing is that one of the one of the early early members of the Round Table was a was a, a general who who worked who put down rebellions in China and stuff. Right. So it's also very connected to China. And this is a question that I posed on the last episode: was Do you think? The people who manipulated the British Empire, because I mean Cecil Rhodes claimed loyalty to the British Empire, but his actions spoke otherwise. He he, he was loyal to his new world order idea. You know, he right. th- he threatened to give over the, his his mineral wealth to the enemies of the British Empire if they didn't do dance to his tune, and so he, he may have thought he was loyal to to the larger concept of the British Empire, but he he. he should have been fucking shot for treason. I think a few things are going to make click when you read, while I read this uh, excerpt from his, uh, his, his writing, which is actually his first will. This yeah. fir- yes. This is what, this is a dynamite, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, it's also known as um, a confession of faith. Yes. Um, which is very dramatic and uh, very fucking lizardish. Um, but uh, this was okay let me just also give it a couple more details I learned about Cecil Rhodes is that he was sent to um, he was sent to uh, South Africa in at age 17 for his health yes for his health and by age 18 he was working in Kimberley in the diamond trade which was horrible for breathing yeah and sucking and fucking (laughs) Well, yeah, probably pretty lame for that. Although I bet you that they got down in fucking South Africa being so remote and whatnot. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the we'll other- get into the gay shit yeah. later. Yeah, but um, but anyway, so I just I, I I I just think. By the way, so yeah, he got there at seventeen. By eighteen, he's already in the diamond mines. By twenty, he's writing this, and he's already probably the richest man in Africa. Like he had un like literally. I think there was a quote somewhere that said he literally had uncountable wealth. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that means that it, one year after landing in South Africa, he already made the acquaintance of the Rothschilds banking family, though. So this is where part of me wants to say my my conspiracy hat goes goes. Maybe that story about him being a sickly child and all that was bullshit. And, you know, he was prepared to go and do like the story about the ice cream. The ice cream store was bullshit, maybe. And he was picked to do this. He He did die younger than me. Yeah. So he wasn't exactly healthy. But then again, he did. Well, who, take who's to miles say if he really died, though? By that, by that rationale, who's to say if he really died? And the whole the myth well, myth of him being a sickly child could just be what it was. Well, why? I don't know. I think you're getting a bit of a rabbit hole here. Because like, what's yeah, the you're right. All right. Well, well, we, we need to talk about more advantage him to pretend to be dead. I don't. True, I don't enough. think he was that kind of guy. I think he. he yeah, was, you're right. He, you don't think he was, uh, you know, a uh, a, a latter day Tupac? 
He when he was <laughs> when he was like thirty five, he looked. Yeah. He looked 60. like shit. He looked sixty. Yeah, he, he was. He did look quite bad. And he, anyway, he he used to swank around Oxford with a with a bag full of diamonds that he'd, he'd show off to everybody, <laughs> and uh, jerking off guys. Uh, yeah, probably sticking a diamond in their asshole while he blew them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this is in uh, a conf- confession of faith. How, oh, wait, should I try to do that 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 shrill um, that shrill voice no, that the guy? Too, this is too important of a document. All right, fine, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. I'll read it in my own voice. I contend that we are the finest race in the world. And that the more of the world that we inhabit, the better it is for the human race. Just fancy those parts that are at present inhabited by the most despicable specimens of human beings. What an alteration there would be if they were brought under Anglo-Saxon influence. I think that's a bit harsh on the Spanish. (laughs) I I thought he was talking about the Portuguese. What's it called? Uh, uh, Look again at the extra employment in a new country added to our dominion gives. Uh, I look into the history. So this is where he starts talking about secret societies. I look into history and I read the story of the Jesuits. I see that they were able to do in a bad cause what they were able what they were able to do in a bad cause. And I might say under bad leaders. At the present day, I become a member of the Masonic Order. I see the wealth and power they possessed and the influence they hold, and I think over their ceremonies, and I wonder that a large body of men can devote themselves to at what times, what at times appear the most ridiculous and absurd rites without an object and without an end. Um... Why should we not form a secret society with but one object, the furtherance of the British Empire and the bringing of the whole uncivilized world under British rule for the recovery of the United States and for the making of the Anglo-Saxon race but one empire? Yeah, he, he, he had ideas which, for the time, I mean, his actions didn't back them up, but he, he, his idea of what makes a civilized man was anyone who can write his his name and owns property and is not a loafer. Now, right. So <laughs> I love that. By in, the way, in that, I mean, he was racist, but in the, to that extent, he was anti-racist. That he, he didn't. Yeah, he. You have to remember that he. I think he saw civilized men as tools for his. It, Furthering his ends. Yeah, and also he, he spoke about things which echo down the ages and come out of the, the mouths of politicians of all stripes now, such as right. reshaping the social order. Uh, and it, he implied, I, I don't think you could get away with saying it, but he, he implied racial equality. Uh, that I, you know, I don't think he really gave much of a shit about it. But his, in his, No, as long as they were English speaking. Yeah, he, he didn't care if you were black or not. He'd kill you anyway. <laughs> yeah. He literally... And and he was gay. So there's like... so, <laughs> And then you've got this... Uh, the, uh, I also... Wait. One little piece of tri- trivia was that he didn't like his other people in his little crew to get married because he's like, no, I wanted that boy pussy for myself. Everybody, everybody in his circle was gay. Uh, 
So everybody in the round table was gay, more or less. Pet Shop Boys strike again. No, this predates the Pet Shop Boys. But I mean, I'm, I know, but who's to say they aren't members of the, of the that, round table? I've nothing against them being gay, other than that it just echoes down the down the ages to now, doesn't it? Of the the the, the I, I saw a guy on YouTube give a talk about. Right. Cecil Rhodes. I think I saw and, the same and, one. This is where I got all this information was, but he was very blue-pilled about it. And he said, oh, yeah, well, Cecil Rhodes died in 1902 and the thing, the, the secret society went on and, and, like, it had two British gay prime ministers in it and it had, uh, yeah. you know, all these people were in it and uh, it spread to New York and they were all, all over the world and, and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, his, his, uh, his, his idea of furthering the British Empire, uh, it ultimately, it never happened. But that that misses the obvious point that it did happen. It's just not called the British Empire anymore. Right. All, yeah. all, everything that he espoused has happened. <laughs> so he didn't take the Rhodes pill, dude. No, he didn't. And you can see yeah. it's easy not to. I never would have connected the dots if Larry hadn't have just said that one thing. And it's like, oh shit, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and what and what what. Is what is um, the fucking the state of Israel other than the the Middle Eastern wing of of the British Empire? Yeah, I mean it's not the, of the Rhodes the Rhodesian Empire. Let's call it. Well, fine. Yeah, we can call it that. Sure. Yeah, uh, but in fact, yes, let's the New call World it Order. Fuck it. Well, no, let's call it the Rhodesian Empire because New World Order has been discredited unfairly. But, yeah, uh, you know. It's become a word like conspiracy theorist yeah, you, or like having an association with Alex Jones, you know? It's ridiculous to call it a new world order, even though that's what it Cecil was, Rhodes called it. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly what he planned happened, and he called it a new world order. But if you call it a new world order, you're a conspiracy theorist. It's like when these terrorists say what their motivation was, and you say, well, they say they did it because of this. You say, yeah, you're just a conspiracy theorist. But like, yeah. I mean, it's like they at least said it. Got to consider what they, it might not be true. I grant you that. Yeah, but you've got to or be obfuscated from what the truth is. Yeah. But you've got to, you got to at, at least, least like take it. it. Listen, why do you, why um, would you think that? Well, because that's what they say. <laughs> and but you so the, the the term new world order is tainted. So I, I having just thought of it, I propose the term Rhodesian Empire because nobody's ready for that. And then you, it gives you an excuse to ex, uh, explain it. Um, that's I'm fine with that. We should keep going with that. You're looking anyway, more let us... like Sam Hyde every day. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a compliment. Dude. I'm sorry to hear that. He's gorgeous. You're right. He is a big sassy daddy. I would suck him fucking all day. Um. So there's a lot more. There's a lot more here, but some of the more uh, important things. Let us form the same kind of society, a church for the extension of the British Empire, a society that which should have members in every part of the British Empire working with one object and one idea. We should have its members placed at our oh, period. We should have its members placed at our universities and our schools and should watch the English youth passing through the hands. Just one in perhaps every thousand would have the mind and feelings for such an object. 
He should be tried in every way. He should be tested whether he is endurant, possessed of eloquence, disregardful of the petty details of life, and if to be found, if if found to be such, then elected and bound by oath to serve for the rest of his life in his county. Shout out Bill Clinton. Yeah, that's the thing. He got a fucking he got a fucking Rhodes scholarship. That's didn't it's like when you look Obama at it all like this. Well? Can we let's find out? I, I think and there's a lot a lot of these new out of the blue uh democrat um like that that chick who tried to be governor of georgia she oh she's a Rhodes scholar huh i think so yeah oh boy obama Rhodes. it's already coming up i think oh no i hang on we're gonna find out is it Stacey Abrams? I'm pretty sure she's a. Stacey, that is her. Yeah, Barack Obama was not a Rhodes Scholar, right. but his uh, head speechwriter was. Ah, right. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck! But that's how they operate as well. Like you know, cause yeah, Obama they can't put it on the fucking came, first black president. Obama came from nowhere to be the first black president, and uh, you know, but he had Rhodes Scholars. You know, he was selected selected arguably selected by the Rhodesian Empire Cecil Rhodes I'll suck it fuck you <laughs> that's not your anus <laughs> that's my anus ah <laughs> uh, shit but yeah um, I, I, I can't do I, for some reason I can't do voices on this show I can do them I can do them when I'm you could, you've, you've done a few you've done a few I can do British regional accents and I can do accents, but I can't do voices. I used to be. Uh, well, to. anyway, the the final line of this: "For fear that death might cut me off before the time for attempting its development, I leave all my worldly goods in trust to S. G. Shippard and Secretary for the Colonies, who at the time I believe." Oh, no, 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 it wasn't. Never mind. For, of the colonies at the time of my death to try to form such a society with such an object. Yeah. And, but um, that was that was before he wrote that when he was very young, didn't he? Before the secrets. Before it was one table. year after he had become a, like a gajillionaire. Yeah, so he was only twenty years old when he wrote this. So, and the the round table kind of was developed from. So he like you could see. He so he was first concerned. started the Cecil Rhodes Society, which was actually he was kind of under the wing of a few other people that included the Rothschilds. Um, but uh, he um. He started something called the, yeah, and then that led to when he passed away, uh, that will it led to uh, Lord uh, Alfred Milner, yes. And he's like the real, he, I mean, like also Rhodes was the villain, did the Balfour he was the mover and the shaker, didn't he do the Balfour Declaration? He did, yeah. he so he's the guy who gave the land to Israel, he also uh, was. Um, uh, pretty much one of the first people who got in the ears of, um, the, uh, whoever was in charge and the prime minister. Oh, it seems to be. It was, it was palsies with Lady Astor of Astoria fame. For our, no, that was, um, that was, that was Philip Kerr. Yeah. She was part of the thing though, wasn't she? Uh, oh yeah. That, that, that was, she was part of the round table. Yeah. So la um, la Lady Astor. Uh, is famous for uh, this is just a digression. Uh, famous for, for for her interaction with another character from the Boer War, Winston Churchill, because mm. she was she was so pro Hitler. Uh, she had a big 
falling out with him at, at some kind of function uh, uh, because he was somewhat anti-Hitler. <laughs> and uh, well, Because she, she was a virulent anti-Semite. Uh, right. She she was very pro Hitler, and as she would she would be pro EU now. She'd be crying about the UK leaving the EU. Right. This guy Philip Kerr, who was actually the um, who was actually the uh, who what was he? Um, either way, he was like he was famous in the in, during in, during the Churchill administration to be an appeaser. Yeah. Well, and he and they were they were a secret apparently secret secret lovers. Her him and Lady Astor. Well, L- Lady Astor's famous quote. Well, it's really Churchill's famous quote. As if he, he's come back to it. Uh, right. She got she got all cunt hurt with him because he he, he didn't like Hitler. And she thought he was cool. She had a poster of him on a bedroom wall. <laughs> she had a, a, a how'd you see the inside of my bed <laughs> she's got a hitler bedspread and uh she uh, she couldn't she was trying to use her machinations on on churchill and uh she got all frustrated and couldn't hurt with him and said sir if you were my husband i should put poison in your tea and he said madam if i was your husband i should drink it <laughs> pretty good he was fast on his feet he i think he churchill was very skilled. i mean not physically but he was he, he, he was he was skilled at, at, you know how you play pool better at a certain level of drunk yeah and then after a certain level you get much worse yeah so you've got to be in the, i think he was really good at staying in that sweet spot of drunk all the time Nice. So yeah, somebody yeah, talked yeah. shit to him, he was like, he was back at him before they'd even finished saying it. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh! That's good. Um, but yeah, so yeah, her, um, he was a leading advocate of, of appeasement, Philip Kerr and Lady Astor. So yeah, you're right. But they were part of, uh, yeah, so it started with Milner's Kindergarten, was what it was called. <laughs> I know. It's, it's kind of funny. Considering what the that group of people ended up doing, I mean, you got to say, I mean, it, it, it whole this whole kind of, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to put the, a link, and I don't really care about it, but you keep getting to think, God, this sounds like it's like Jeffrey Epstein thing, something to do with this, isn't it? <laughs> But I think you know there's there's a p- important parallel to to bring up here, um, because uh, I I think th- this was all taking place during the Victorian era, and at the time it was illegal to be gay, and very very uh, you know and also I I heard something about how like he thought everyone should be in a secret society like him because he was in a secret gay society. I I think it was largely illegal to be gay, just. It's, I think it's almost like um, similar to the Epstein thing. You know, the, the Epstein MO was allegedly to make sure he had pictures of all the all the elites doing. Oh, it was a honeypot kind yeah. of thing. But I, I, I think I would imagine that you could be as gay as you wanted as long as you didn't say you supported Donald Trump, let's say, to put it in modern terms, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, look what happened to Milo, and uh, you can't get gayer than that. No, not really. And so, uh, the 
yeah, I think that's probably the best way of, way of putting it because, I mean, Gainus was, you know, you didn't see many, you, you don't see many records of working class people being prosecuted for being gay. No, probably, probably not. if some woman made if somebody's wife made a fuss about it, he might get he might get prosecuted for it. But sure, uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, people might he might have got his head kicked in and had mean things said to him, but it it wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think that the law has ever really been interested. Well, in that. my point though, my point though was uh, was though like so that was it was a very very seedy thing to do back then, um, and uh, probably most of the and also by. That's what I was gonna say. Same thing we and were then talking also by, about drugs. People like it. The Johnson. Right, like. right. But more importantly, back then, marrying someone where they were thirteen or something wasn't a big deal. By the way, yeah, correct. So now, what is the most most? What's the most seedy and like frowned upon thing in society? Yeah. The the elites got to do it. They, they got to get their rocks off with that forbidden. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's it, it's almost. You could look at it as. You know, they're presenting it as Epstein was using it to blackmail people. But I mean, he was. Be, I mean, he absolutely 100% was. He, yes, maybe. But look at it this way, right? Let's say if we're talking about in the beginning times of the Rhodesian Empire, that the uh, that everybody was gay, and it was probably at least in part because then they knew they could trust each other. Because you couldn't, you, yeah, yeah. Everybody, you're like, oh, he's a fag. By the way, yeah. I sucked his cock. Everybody, <laughs> everybody knew everybody was gay. So maybe, um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not sure they were all tricked into it by some Epstein figure. Maybe Epstein was more like a errand boy who procured the fixings. Well, that's of the like evidence. the going. That's so, that's literally the going theory now, as far as like the like Epstein was like middle management. Yeah, but so so the the. the the point is, you just substitute in uh, being a chomo for um, for being, being a gay. homo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which of course is a ridiculous thing. There's no connection between the two things, other than that. Obviously, but it it, it, it occupies the... a similar it occupies a similar social space. Yeah. Uh, in uh, our respective societies. Uh, and what I'm saying is that it's that maybe it's, maybe Epstein wasn't tricking these people. They all knew it was part of the wages of sin. That you have to Maybe. that you have to be a chomo, otherwise nobody will trust you. And he, oh, that's been yeah, that's been said to, before. Yeah, I think that's a part of the Franklin's the thesis in the Franklin scandal. Right. Um. If if you're familiar no. with that, with the listener, you're not. It's the it's the who took Johnny kind of fucking uh, narrative where like the the guy who was. Um, the some state senator in Oklahoma or something um, uh, had found out he the, the, he he got caught embezzling a bunch of money from the state government, and then it turned out that he was like funneling it into an underground sex trafficking ring, and it went all the way up to the fucking the to the FBI, and this this great journalist busted up. I recommend the book uh, the Franklin Scandal. At least he didn't. I don't know all the details. At least he didn't just waste the money. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Do you know, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he was world famous. Another famous quote uh, from a funny Irishman this time, uh, a guy called George Best, who was a soccer player in the 60s. And he, he was like, he was just an unbelievable, had unbelievable ball control. It was like a rock, it was like the, the fifth Beatle, you know, he was, was more famous yeah. than Jesus. He uh, was the best footballer in the world, but he was an absolute fucking drunken asshole right? and party mm -hmm. boy. He liked the, 
they like the booger sugar and the and the booze, right? And uh, in my, uh, so it was still, I think it was on his second or third liver when I was a kid, and uh, mm. he was on uh, one of the one of the big chat shows, like our equivalent of the Tonight Show thing that we had over here, probably Wogan or mm. something like that. And uh, Wogan asked him, uh, so, so George, you've just been made bankrupt again. Uh, what, what did you do with all your money? You used to be a multimillionaire, and he says, "Well, Terry, uh, I, sp- I spent half of it on uh, prostitutes and drink and drugs and gambling. Uh, the other half I just wasted." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good quote. Yeah. We should leave on that quote. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, let's uh, leave it there. We we're gonna have Larry back to talk about uh, to talk about uh, the Rhodes pill, yeah, and or the RQ, if you will. The Rhodesian. Uh, I'm sticking with that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I like Rhodes pills because you look at everything differently afterwards. Yeah, you do. And that's the, that's you know. the only pill where it, 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 I can put my finger on the moment it dropped and it was that me too me too yeah to, to Larry. And i don't i'm not sure Gosh. he even mentioned cecil Rhodes, but like i think he did we, come up it was up in, it was in the conversation wasn't it and, and larry yeah, just yeah. dropped that bomb and it's funny how the brain yeah. works isn't it then all these like over the next week or so all these th- little facts that i knew were all linking up with each other in my head and i'm like yeah yeah and, like i woke up one morning and went fuck me <laughs> Larry's right. Yeah. I thought it was a bit weird yeah. at the time. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Anyway, uh, let's plug and get out of here. Uh, we'll have another episode out this Sunday. Um, and uh, yeah. So uh, www.historyhomos.com. You can email us at uh, historyhomos.gmail.com, at historyhomos on Twitter and all across social media. And you can follow me on Instagram at Scott Lizard Abrams. William, anything else? Kyle Rhodes! (laughs) (laughs) Jolly good. Later, homos. Later, homos.